Hey, 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 everybody. Today for you, podcast number 30. Today's podcast is titled, One of Us is Right. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of your weekly Limitless Life Network podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Lombardi, and this is the Limitless Life Network podcast, where we flesh out the limitations that are preventing you from reaching your goals and living the life that you deserve. And today's episode is titled, One of Us is Right. <laughs> okay, so this is a fun backstory that uh, goes back several years in the uh, in the family here, and uh, I did come up with five points because that's kind of my framework that we love to have on the podcast. And I and I want to thank everybody before I get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and uh, and checking out the podcast. We've been getting tons and tons of positive feedback, which is great. We love that. So one of the ways that you can help us out is if you're watching through YouTube, hit the subscribe button. So that way you can uh, check out all our other podcasts and support uh, the effort that we're putting in here to bring you uplifting, positive information to uh, help you live a better life. So uh, anyway, let's let's get back into this story. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so several years ago uh, in our family, we got into the habit of drinking sparkling water. Uh, my wife and I took a trip to Italy uh, back in 2014 or 15, and we wherever we went out to dinner, they always asked you if you wanted gas or no gas. And we're like, what are you talking about? And then we realized it was sparkling with bubbles, right, with gas in the water, carbonated water. Uh, sparkling water or no flat water. So um, we started drinking. Yeah, well, I'll try it with the uh, with the gas, right? <laughs> and uh, so uh, we just got into the habit of that. So when my wife got back, uh, she went to the store and she started buying, say, some sparkling water. And uh, it was just plain sparkling water. And my daughter's like, "Why do you guys drink this?" And she was very young at the time. Uh, because it was just, it was water, but it, it had like this tingle to it. So Sandy went out, my wife went out and bought another brand of sparkling water that had a hint of flavoring in it and it zero calories type of thing. And I have a can of it right here. And if you can see the can in the camera, if you're watching, there's a name on it. And I'm going to mention this brand name, uh, not because I'm supporting them, but I'm just going to mention it. Uh, by spelling, and it's spelled capital L A, capital C R O I X. So I don't know how you say this, but my daughter Grace loved to pronounce it Lacronics. <laughs> and in our family, when I read C R O I X, and it's uh, prefaced by La, I would pronounce it LaCroix. So I, I do believe that is the correct, correct pronunciation, and I've heard it uh, pronounced by many, many other people that way. 
But my daughter, Grace, she wasn't having any of that. It was called Lacronics. So if you ask somebody to get you a LaCroix out of the refrigerator, Grace would say, we don't have any LaCroix, but we have Lacronics. Um, and then we'd say, no, Grace, it's pronounced LaCroix. There's no N in the spelling. And she'd say, oh, yes, there is. And she would show you on the can, and she didn't really understand cursive writing, but there's an I on here, but she said that I, even though it had a dot over it, was an N. And she thought it was spelled C-R-L-A, capital C-R-O-N-X. So she called it Lacronics, and she was adamant. And for a good part of at least a year, maybe two years, the battle raged between her siblings, myself, my wife, and Grace never relented. Even though in the back of her mind, she knew that we were right, but she was being funny. (laughs) She was just having a good time kind of pulling our chain, right? Just having a good time, just, uh, you know, pretending as if she just didn't know any better and that this was this game. And so after a while, we just stopped calling it LaCroix altogether. And I'd say, hey, Grace, grab me a Lacronix, will you? And so it became like a, a family joke. And she said, you called it Lacronix. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> so anyway, uh, for a couple of years, we didn't buy it anymore because I think my wife was just tired of the uh, empty bottles or empty cans. And um, we bought a, uh, we started making our own sparkling water <laughs> with a, uh, a home unit. And that was uh, more environmentally friendly instead of having extra cans kicking around. Long story short, a couple more years goes by, and my wife, for whatever reason, started buying this again. And uh, I asked my daughter, Grace, if uh, she would like uh, sparkling water. And she said, oh, yeah, I'll take a LaCroix. And I said, don't you mean LaCronics? <laughs> and she said, uh, no, I mean LaCroix. And then I would say to her later on, not even thinking about it, hey, Grace, could you grab me a Lacronics? <laughs> and so back and forth we go, and now I'm the one that's been brainwashed into calling it something that it's not just because I developed some type of sentimental value for the, the fun uh, play back and forth that we were having. So believe it or not, from this cute little story dealing with our daughter and uh, pronunciations. And uh, I did come up with five points, which is striking to me how I generated five points out of that story. Uh, Number one, uh, don't let yourself become lacronics. And this goes down to something that I think that you can all relate to. Um, And I'll ask you a question. Have you ever been inundated with an untruth so many times over and over again that you literally, you just give up trying to prove your point? Um, Yeah. So has that ever happened to any of you? Because I know that after a while, sometimes you just feel like, I don't want to waste any more breath on this. I'm just going to not even talk about it. Maybe I won't admit that you're I just don't want to get into it anymore. I don't want to talk about that you're wrong anymore. I, you know, you just obviously are so stubborn and set in your ways that I just don't even want to go there anymore. After a while, 
we just lose the willingness to engage. And that I've talked about before in the level of communication. And that's where when people lose agreement on something, all of a sudden we start to disassociate. We start to lose what's called affinity for one another. And we don't even want to talk about the topic anymore. And I know through the pandemic, this was the case with a lot of topics. People lost dignity over this. People lost friendships over this um, because there was a great deal of frustration, because there was a great deal that people just didn't understand. Um, and they were just, some people were trusting, uh, some people were, you know, just getting information from crazy sources, whatever it might be. And, and you know, I'm not trying to say anybody was right or wrong, because whenever somebody tells you that you're wrong, you immediately go on the defensive. And um, so I just want you to be, uh, that brings me to point number two, which is be open to the possibility um, that you actually might be wrong. <laughs> uh, and, and and so, like, that's the question. Like, what if it really was pronounced Lacronics? You know, no, it's not. Yes, I can, cons- I can, I can figure that out. I can, I can reference that. I can, I can talk to enough people to get verification. I can call the company and ask them, "How do you say this brand?" Right? I can, I can ask Siri. I can do a lot of things to try to identify the proper way to pronounce this. And it, and and maybe my daughter still would not believe me, but at the end of the day, I know I'm right. So open to the possibility that I could be wrong, but you know, let's still investigate it, right? Um, so that brings me to point number three, and that is uh, the law of conservation of energy. And, and if you remember back to your science days, what what that really means is, uh, and, and the, the statement in, in the conservation of energy is the amount of energy in a, in a system, in a closed system, cannot be created or, or destroyed. So, yeah, you can't create energy out of nothing, right? And you can't destroy energy. It's got to be transferred somewhere. And uh, that's in a closed system. But here's the thing is that energy can be converted to other forms of energy. And uh, a more practical example as to the conservation of energy and the way I'm applying it here was be, would be to think about driving a car, right? So there's an energy output, right? There's an energy expenditure. We put fuel into the car and that is converted to energy. But imagine you got onto a roundabout with your car and you drove around in circles, right? You just kept, and you never exited the roundabout and you just, but you're driving, you're going in circles, Right. And you're using all this energy as you go round and round and round, but you never get off the exit. You just keep going round and round and round. And that's like having a conversation with somebody and you're discussing something, but you're never getting anywhere. Nobody's really, you know, listening to the other person's point. It's not sinking in. And there's a point at which you need to cut the conversation off. You need to get off at some exit. Otherwise, you're just wasting your energy. You have so much attention energy. If you looked at it as like you had 100 units of energy to utilize in a day, and you just wasted 75 of those units of energy talking about something that is utterly ridiculous, like the name of a sparkling water, that would be a huge waste of energy. 
And so whatever we're engaged in a day, you have to look at how you are spending that energy in a day. Um, it's super, super important. And some of the most successful people I know are very in tune to how they are utilizing their energy. And they're actually monitoring their states of energy, whether in a state of high energy, a state of mid energy, and really low energy. And how do you change states? How do you get from a state of low energy to a state of high energy? And, and there's strategies to do that. So for one, like if you don't get a good night's sleep and you're really logy and after lunch, you're absolutely exhausted, a strategy is, hey, take a 15 minute nap and give yourself like another half an hour to wake up from that nap, you're going to be loaded with energy after that. Whereas if you try to power through the day and don't, you don't do anything, uh, you're going to be exhausted and your focus level is going to be brutal. And it actually beats you up pretty bad. So um, your brain activity is not good when you do that. You can also increase your energy with exercise. So that's another, another tactic to boost your level of energy. But that's adding energy to the system too. So, uh, so physical energy, physical expenditures can boost boost mental energy. Um, so, point number four uh, is is a little different here, and this has to do with levels of of self esteem because oftentimes people give up way too easy. In other words, they they disengage very quickly because they just don't have confidence. They don't have confidence in who they are. Um, they may have confidence in what they know, but they don't have confidence in who they are. So they will quickly disengage. They will use tactics to quickly get out of a conversation and move on. And that's because of their own self-esteem. And uh, there was an author uh, who's since passed away, uh, Dr. Nathaniel Brandon. And he wrote uh, several books, but one of them that he's very well known for are the Seven Pillars of Self-Esteem. And I remember listening to an interview with Nathaniel Brandon, and so many people get into their story and that is why they who are who they are. And one of his big revelations or one of his big statements was that everybody was always giving excuses for different um, reasons why they are who they are and why they do what they do. And his his big breakout statement that he would say to people is that, I, I, I hate to break the news to you, but no one's coming to save you. And, and what that was, was it was a, a statement of responsibility and that we all have difficulties in life. We all come up against obstacles. We all have bad things that happen in life, but no one is coming to like, you know, fix everything for you, right? Like I know as a parent, oftentimes we want to swoop in and fix things for our kids, but as an adult, there's a point at which you have to take responsibility for your actions, for your outcomes, and you have to move on and not live in the past, but just figure out ways to fix things and move on. So in the case of, you know, somebody that's giving you a hard time, you know, you know, you're going to have hard conversations. You're going to have difficult conversations. And the best way to handle those things is stay in the boat and just, just continue to work it out, but stay uh, in agreement, uh, stay humble, but stand, you know, if you believe in something, stand up for it too. You know, don't just, don't just uh, cower to the loudest voice. 
Um, just because they're, they have a louder argument doesn't mean they have a better argument. And it doesn't have to be an argument to begin with. It can be literally an intelligent discussion, which is fantastic. We need more of that. And our last point is that joy triumphs or trumps over happiness. And, and I, I see this a lot, is that people are always looking for happiness. The Pursuit of Happiness was a movie, right, with uh, Will Smith. He was just trying to just trying to sell these things and make some money, and, and he just wanted a better life for his family, because if he could get that better life, then my goodness, then we'll be happy, right? Um, and sure, a better life does bring some happiness. More, more things bring people happiness, but happiness is very temporary and it's very conditional, where joy is not, and joy isn't is a, actually can be a choice every single day, but it starts with an infilling, and it's really more of a supernatural thing where you're filled with, uh, filled with love, filled with peace, filled with joy, and joy is an out. It's an infilling first of the Holy Spirit, but it's also an outflowing of of serving, and there's nothing that brings more joy to your life than going out and serving somebody, doing something wonderful for somebody, uh, sharing a smile, uh, lifting somebody's mood. Um, I, you know, people ask me, how's it going today? And I, I typically will always say something fantastic. You know, things are great. You know, I'm full of joy. And I, and I certainly don't want to complain or bring anything negative to the game, right? So I'm fantastic because that's going to elevate mood, but joy is passed on. And it's also an open, it's an open humility that says, hey, you know, how can I serve you? What can I do to help you? Uh, that triumphs happiness any day. You know, buying a new whatever can make you happy temporarily, but guess what? That stuff's going to get old. It's going to get rusty. Your house is probably full of a lot of things that once made you joyful, but now they're just things. And uh, maybe they're in garage sales for all we know. But anyway, hopefully uh, that great little story of uh, my daughter uh, pronouncing LaCroix LaCronics will stick with you this week as you uh, spread more joy uh, and deliver more love out into your community. And um, I just want to thank each and every one of you for taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. And that's all we have for this week's edition of your weekly Limitless Life Network podcast. Tune in each and every week to stay connected, be inspired, and keep moving toward your best life by stripping away your limitations. See you next week. <laughs>